Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Fam, it's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Angels. Another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Last week, we had some success with the three short episodes, so we're going to try and stick with that this week. But first, let's get in with a gold star and a detention. First, we're going to give a gold star to the 37-year-old, or at least they tell us he's 37-year-old, LeBron James. I say that because on just 31 shot attempts, LeBron James pulled out a big come-from-behind victory with 56 of zone points. That's good for 61% shooting, 6 for 11 behind the arc. Yes, he did shoot 12 for 13 for the free throw line for people that hate that. That's not even that crazy many free throws for how much he dominates the ball. He also had 10 rebounds and 3 assists and a big block towards the end of the game. Now, in just 38 and a half minutes of play, it's worth pointing out that LeBron James led the Lakers in a big-time comeback. They were down at the end of the third quarter and halftime, but somehow the Lakers pulled it off. And it's worth pointing out they pulled it off over the Warriors, who currently sit in the three-spot out west after the loss last night. The Grizzlies play the Rockets as recording this. Yes, they have it on down the corner, and as much as I love my Rockets, I have to imagine the Grizzlies win that and stay in second. So bet by the time you're hearing this, the Warriors sit in third place out west. Steph Curry has been on the record as being upset with how comfortable the team is getting with losing, and Steve Curry says he's going to start adjusting the lineup rotations again, trying to get Steph back to his old rotational minutes where he misses the start of the second and the start of the first half of the fourth quarter now what i think is interesting about that is it clearly looks like the warriors as good a start as the season as they had are looking for answers and i would be quick to point out if i were a warriors fan or someone like that that draymond green has been absent for a while and that certainly has an impact on their team but regardless of that i i will say that all-star starter andrew wiggins certainly could not cover lebron last night like the warriors needed him to Lakers star LeBron James, again, 56 points on just 31 shots. 
56 points, 31 shots. Hard to argue with the King there. He is the only player in NBA history to have a 50-point game before he was 21 and after he was 37. Now, to be fair, only three other guys, as we found out on Saturday night, have had a 50-point game after they turned 37. And only one of those guys, I guess, would have really been something we would have thought of, could have had that from before his 21st birthday, and that's Kobe Bryant. And, of course, Kobe had more points in his after 37-year-old game. Uh, he had 60 in his final night in the NBA. Regardless, in a competitive, close game that had meaning to it, the Lakers need to win every game physically possible now. LeBron James shows up in a big, big way. Also, shout out to, like, it's not the most efficient 20 points, but Russell Westbrook threw in 20 of his own amongst a bunch of people, including myself, talking all week about how they make a big mistake. And frankly, we also saw reports over the course of the week about Russell Westbrook potentially leaving. So shout out to Russell Westbrook dropping 20 points. Again, not the most efficient 20 points, but like not an awful 20 points. But I will say, had the Lakers lost that big, big turnover he had along the baseline where he just threw the ball out of bounds because he misread someone else's cut. No cut was not great. Anyway, gold star LeBron James. That's what this is about. Don't need to dog on Russell Westbrook too, too much. Detention to this... So, detention to the situation, I should say, surrounding Brittany Griner and Russia. And what I'm doing with the detention on the deal is because I can't tell necessarily where it goes. Now, the story goes that Brittany Griner is in Russian custody because she got arrested because she was trying to leave the country with hashish, which is cannabis oil, which should be pointed out as like perfectly legal in a number of different states in the United States, but not legal in Russia. So there's a little bit of sketchiness going on there. Now, I, first of all, would absolutely condemn and give Brittany Griner detention for that if she were really leaving Russia with hashish oil, because guess what? She's going to touch down in LAX and be able to go buy that at like I don't know, every other corner across the city. That doesn't make any sense. So if she's really doing that, then absolutely need to give her detention for that. That's super, super dumb, super, super illegal, and there's only things that can get in trouble for that. It's not worth it at all. Not even getting into why does she have it with her in Russia. But the reason this is a detention of the situation, and not just to her, is because admittedly, I don't buy it. Now, I don't buy it for a number of reasons, but I don't think Griner is dumb enough to bring something she can purchase in the States legally on the plane illegally back to the United States. That just doesn't strike me as something that she would do. I think the bigger potential thing here is that Griner got arrested a couple weeks ago. We just found out about it over the weekend. But Griner got arrested a couple weeks ago. And she got arrested because she's an American name. She's fairly recognizable. We all know who she is. She is an American sports star playing in Russia. And there are very few of those because all of the WNBA players are playing overseas in the winter because the money's better, right? Other American athletes don't typically have to do that. And so of the names we would know, a WNBA athlete would be the name we know. So she gets arrested because she's tall, black, lesbian, American, etc., in Russia, and then she, air quotes, is caught with a shish oil. I feel like that, weirdly, is way more believable in my head. I don't know why that is. I think it's mostly because that just seems to be the way Russia handles things, and, and this is not to get too much into the current conflict with Ukraine, but I, I just think that it probably, they feel like they have some sort of a benefit in having an American in prison over there right now. As big a name as they can get, 
no pun intended for Brittany Griner being a giant. And and I so I just detention the whole situation because I don't know that I buy the one that we get fed in the headline. So I don't necessarily know which side of that story to get the detention to, but there's probably one there. And it really sucks that the WNBA is getting dragged into this and be like, well, why are they in Russia in the first place? It's like, because you won't pay them in the state. That's why they're in Russia in the first place. But regardless, detention to someone involved in that situation. All right, so... As the weekend is coming to a close for sitting and recording, we're going to have a thesis on the NFL Combine. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big dudes in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make bombs, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your bombs, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. The first thesis for this week reads, The NFL Combine is valuable. NFL Combines have been going on all weekend. We've seen a number of guys that are pushing the boundaries and nearly breaking records. The NFL Combine is valuable. I'm going to give that a D. It's not quite an F. Not quite an F. It gets a D. So let's break this down. All right. The thesis reads that the NFL Combine is valuable. My question is, valuable to whom? Right? There's no... In the thesis, there's no indicator as to who we're talking about getting the value here. I, frankly, was a big Combine fan as a kid. I remember, especially in my playing days in college and stuff, getting super, super into who had what numbers and who ran what and who bench pressed this and that and the other thing. Because, frankly, it felt weirdly relatable. Like, we were doing the same things in school. We were doing the same things in college. We were running the same drills and had our times. And I was like, ooh, who are we comparable to? And it was always interesting to see, like, oh, it's the answer is no one. But that's not really who we're there. It was interesting to, like, get who are we close with. The modern take on the combine I've got is that it's really come become just a big meet and greet for owners, GMs, and coaches. They just sit around and they have a weekend in glorious Indianapolis and can chop it up, talk some shop, go back and forth with guys about what are they seeing, what are they watching, and see how offseasons are going. It's where those bonds are created that lead to things like the nepotism type of hires you see across the board. I somewhat kid, but we really do get to see how those relationships unfold based on their off-the-clock hours in Indianapolis over this like four-ish day span. I think that part of the reason I don't think this is super valuable is because you could just have a big coaches clinic for all of that. I don't think that that's a value that we need to have. I also think it's worth pointing out that 
the best athletes have begun sitting this thing out. They certainly are sitting out some of the drills. If you're slow or you feel like you're going to run a slow 40, you just don't run. If you're in pain or you think you're at all in pain or you don't know if you're quite in shape with your hamstring or whatever, you just don't run. If you're not a guy that's explosive and has a big time vertical, and you just don't jump. All of these things have become guys not doing aspects of the combine. It's worth pointing out that this year, over 155 invited participants declined coming to the combine, shattering all previous records, right? So this year is particularly unique in how few guys are showing up. The, uh, the 2020 combine actually hits right before COVID hits in the world. And so like, theoretically, the only one that was COVID shut down was the 2021 combine. And you still saw guys doing stuff at their pro days on all of that. So if guys aren't participating, and if it's just a big meet and greet that you could do some other way, I guess the D, the reason I gave this thesis a D is because what's the point? What's this facade for? Why are we focused on this weekend? It, you know, it, it's not just a topic I'm coming up with. Pro Football Talk through NBC Sports also admitted they talked to Troy Vincent, an NFL executive in the NFL offices, and he acknowledged that they may have to pay athletes in the future to show up. Because again, as these athletes are getting paid through NIL deals and getting paid through de facto boosters and this and that, while it's not money from the schools and it should be, these guys are putting financial value on their well-being at a much earlier stage. They're no longer the air quotes unpaid. And I say air quotes because who knows if how much money was really changing hands before. But they're no longer the air quotes unpaid athletes trying to catch a break. These guys have dollar amounts on their bodies. They have dollar amounts on their athleticism. And are they going to show up and diminish the way that athleticism looks by running a subpar 40 or something we wouldn't expect in the 40 just to have a little bit better, like just to have a chance of putting something better on tape that we don't see or whatever? I, I just don't see it happening. If anything, part of the reason you're seeing so many guys back out of this is not because they don't want to do the drills or do the running and catching or do all of those on-the-field type of activities. It's that they'd rather do it at their pro days anyway. Pro days happen at college campuses with people these guys get to get practice reps in or familiar with if they're not already familiar, right? We got to see Mac Jones throwing to Jalen Waddle. You know, we saw throughout the season, Mac Jones throwing to Jalen Waddle. You know, we got to see Jalen Hurts throwing to guys at Oklahoma. We got to see... You got to see Devontae Smith catching the ball from Mac Jones. You got to see these different guys running routes and combinations and things like that with quarterbacks they're interested in. You got to see offensive linemen going through drills with guys that they're familiar with. You got to see different people using facilities that they're familiar with for all these different measurements. We get to see guys well-rested from not having to travel. They're at their home. They're at their college, the place they're going to school. You get to see them perform in a way that they're more comfortable that's happening all around the country at all these different pro days at big schools. And I have to say that it feels like that's the better test anyway, because there's that's going to be closer to what you're doing on the field as a pro, because you're going if you're getting drafted by Buffalo, you're going to live in Buffalo, right? You're going to be doing reps with Josh Allen every day. You're going to be doing reps with your line coaches every day. You're going to be doing those kinds of things every day. So there's a level of comfort that's really more authentic to what you're going to get, maybe not the first week of training camp, but later in the process once you've drafted your player. I also think it's worth pointing out that like all of these NFL staffs have dozens of guys on scouting staffs. They can get eyes, ears, and pay attention to what is happening at all these pro days 
not even necessarily saying they have to fly the head coach to every single one of them. They have the staff to do it. That's more valuable anyway. I also think that like there's this like phony story out there about the off the field interview stuff, how all of that is super, super important. And I got two real problems with that. One is 2022. We can dissect and discuss how Skype lost the race in some other episode, but it feels like everyone's fairly Zoom competent these days, right? In the 2022 draft, most of, if not all of the players have had to attend some classes on Zoom. And more and more, you're seeing guys and like high caliber athletes opting for all online classes whenever possible to maximize the time that they're spending on sports, right? If it's good enough to take a lit class online, I think you can interview one of these guys next and O's online. I bet they participate more too. Now, I, I think that part of the deal there is it's not just that you can do these interviews that having to go to Indianapolis for the combine, but also some of these interviews have been problematic in the past. Now, obviously, Des Bryant is not like, He's not the spitting image for what it's like to have the best character or whatever. He's had a couple of smaller off-the-field issues relative to other NFL stories. But also, when he was coming out of Oklahoma State, you had guys insinuating that his mother was a prostitute in the interview process. You can't do that. You can't interview. You cannot hold that against a guy. You can't insinuate and assume things about a guy's background like that. That's one sort of icky questioning that's come out of this. While that's a problematic question... I think it's worth pointing out that Dane Brugler with USA Today a, a while back did a series. It's like the 2018 combine, I believe. Oh, it might be 2016. Combine. Anyway, did a series of live tweets of the most awkward questions at the NFL combine. Questions like, do you find your mother attractive? Questions like, when did you lose your virginity? Questions like, if I had to murder someone, would I use a gun or a knife? Questions like, if you'd rather have a cat or a dog, or I'm sorry, if you'd rather be a cat or a dog, if you're on a mountain in Alaska in a bus going 100 miles an hour, where are you sitting on the bus? Questions like, would you share the internet history with us? Questions like, are you a boxers guy or a briefs guy? Questions like, what team do you pick on Madden? You know, questions like, what kind of fish would you be? Questions like, if you're afraid of clowns. These kinds of questions populate, like, that's the important part of the combine? We're going to go through this archaic process of flying everyone to Indianapolis to do the singular combine over the course of the weekend because we're asking those kinds of questions? Because the off-the-field stuff is what they keep telling us is super important. And that's that's the questions we're going to call super important. Now, I, I have to admit that I've been anti-combine for a little while. This is not the first year I've been it. And... There's really, it comes down to like this level of grossness and ickiness in the combine as well. It's parading elite 22 year old athletes, predominantly black athletes, around in spandex suits, measuring every square inch, and also putting them through this different physical testing and seeing what their physical abilities are. And that just all feels archaic at best and antebellum at worst. That's not to say that like it's not some sort of a valuable day for a small school guy to get out there and get to impress people. But like, isn't that also what the senior bowls for or what all those scouting departments grounding, t- grinding tape? What, 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 what are they really for? If it's all superseded by a guy running two sprints at a combine in Indianapolis, right? What's the point of it? At this point, those NFL staffs again have like two dozen guys in a single scouting department and are, turning away free interns like people want to work for them for free and they just don't have enough jobs for them to do i think that they can figure out a way to figure out what prospective pros are and 
this is a little bit more of a personal story, but people frequently go like, well, what about the small school guys? There's hundreds of small schools. How do you find the diamond in the rough in those small schools? And I have to say that to some degree, that argument doesn't carry a lot of weight with me. I'm a guy that played D3 football, and I can tell you that a fringe pro, a fringe pro, really sticks out. I recall playing a guy named, his name's Eric Rogers. He went to Cal Lutheran. I believe he was also the class of 2013. And he takes a reverse to the house. Now, yes, I was one of the guys in the backfield that missed the tackle and you know, took the reverse. Said, hey, yeah, that happened. But he takes a reverse to the house. He catches a couple jump balls in the end zone. He played all of like 10 plays and had like three touchdowns. He's that kind of a guy. I can tell you right now that he stuck out on tape. He was an undrafted free agent with Dallas, eventually settled into the Arena League, had a short season with San Francisco, eventually then went from there to Canada and so on. But watching the tape, it would not have taken much air quotes, grinding of tape to figure out that Eric Rogers had a shot. Once you figure that out, you need to go do the pro days and those kinds of stuff anyway. Invite him to the senior bowl, those kinds of things. The same way they did with Ali Marpet, also a D3 guy. Shout out D3 football players. Ali just retired. Good work. Good career. Super Bowl champion. Hope you find something else you like to do in life. Anyway, what I will say is those small school guys stick out a lot on tape and necessitate further diving anyway. They're not going to give you anything more at the NFL Combine than they would do at the Pro Day. I remember particularly this Cal Lutheran situation because we had a guy kind of in the same boat. He ended up getting hurt, not getting to do all this kind of stuff. But the Pro Day for those kind of guys typically is they go and work out at a local big school. For us at Occidental and Cal Lutheran and stuff like that, it was all at USC, right? Those guys get to go do that and get showcased there. To be fair, the D3 guy isn't typically getting invited to the Combine anyway. So that's not the level of small school you're really talking about here. At its core, the NFL Combine has been called the like world's most difficult job interview. And like to be frank, there are hundreds of thousands, if not more, high school kids playing football. And less than 1,700 will be in the NFL at one time, right? It is a difficult job to get. Now, if you walked into like a high school coding class and told them that their odds of getting a job in coding are less than 15 in 150,000, they probably quit coding, right? The difficulty making the NFL is very, very serious. And the combine, I guess, to this point has been a part of that. But does it have to be? Doesn't your college career feel like the one long, strenuous, difficult job interview? That's the tape. That's the game. We've all talked about workout warriors and guys that don't make it after having great combines. Isn't what counts the stuff you do on the field? Like, let me read off some 40-yard dash times to you. Rondell Melendez went 4-2-4 in the 40, right? Stanford Route went 4-2-9 in the 40. Jay Hinton went 4-2-9 in the 40. Darrant Williams, Darrant, D-A-R-R-E-N-T Williams, corner, went 4-3-0 in the 40. You heard of them? Right, everyone thinks of Chris Johnson because he has a very good career. Champ Bailey has a very good career. But just as many, if not far more, workout warriors guys that run the 40 super crazy fast end up being kind of eh at best because the stuff on the field is what matters most or the 225 pound bench rep bench press test justin Ernest of eastern kentucky threw up 51 you know who justin Ernest is right scott young of byu threw up 43 reps where's that guy at right i, I look at these lists of these workouts and the crazy high numbers they all put up and how great the stats are and those kinds of things. I just, I see guys that are good at working out and that's not invaluable, but it's not as valuable as the game. 
the big job interview that these guys have gone through is three or four years of college football. That's a glor- un- It's a glorified unpaid until fairly recently with NIL, minor league, building towards a big payday. That's the job interview, not the combine. And that's not to say that I don't want to see someone that's competitive in a racing scenario. Like, I think there's value in track and field and the way it translates to football. But in track, you're racing. You're in a heat with guys roughly your speed, pushing yourself. The combine, you're running a straight line with no one around you and everyone's watching. It's not the same thing, right? The value of the combine, if anything, seems to me to be for the at-home GM. The guy that thinks he can sit at home watch NFL Network all day, and do the job of guys in the NFL better than they're doing it. But those at-home GMs are going to sit here and tell themselves they can tell the difference in things. They can tell themselves they can tell the difference between a guy running a 4-2-1 and a 4-2-8 and a 4-3-5. But the truth is, when you're at home watching a guy run fast, they say it's 4-2-1, then later they say it's 4-2-9, and you don't know the difference right? That's almost a full tenth of a second, and you don't know the difference. It's also worth pointing out, like, a 4-2-1 that ends up being a 4-2-9 doesn't look a whole lot different than a 4-3-3. They don't look a whole lot different than a 4-3-8. They all look very similar, right? That scrub wannabe GM at home, he's at home telling himself he can tell what guys are picking their knees up, right? Oh, no, this guy's knees are really getting up. He's really getting on strides, really running really, really well. This guy ran well today, you don't know what running well is. The value of the combine is to that guy, and the value he thinks it is is because he can tell what's happening, but the value is really the ad for McDonald's in between sprints that they later go get, go get a burger because they're subliminally thinking about McDonald's. The ad for Bud Light in between events, and then later they get an extra six-pack while they're at the grocery store because they don't really think about why, but then the, the commercial had some subliminal effect. That's the actual value of the combine. The actual value of the combine is that it's becoming a TV spectacle. Nothing else. All right, friends, you feel like you learned a little bit about the NFL combine? That's it for this week. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to like, download, rate, and review and do all those wonderful things. Thanks to Chris Sliwa. Again, you can find him at Chris underscore Sliwa7 on Twitter. He does all the wonderful editing work behind the scenes. You can find me on social media at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512. All one word on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be able to answer all your questions, and I'm sure I'll take some backlash on some of my stuff about the NFL Combine, but bring it on. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram again at Painsworth512. All one word. This show is on Instagram and Twitter as well. It's on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2. That's F-I-N-S-B-R-T-S, number two, all one word. Through those social media handles, if you click on the link in bio, it'll take you to our link tree where you can find all the episodes of the show, as well as links to our different sponsors, things like my booking. Use code FN Sports to get up to double your deposit, up to $1,000. You can use FN Sports 15 at The Beard Struggle, which you can get all your bearded needs to help out your bearded friends. You can also use those links to go through Yeti and get all your cups, coolers, and koozies, other insulated needs you need, and support the show. You can also use that link to get to our merch store in which you can find all of our goodies that help support the show. We always do a charitable t-shirt or hoodie each month, and this month is our orange campaign in which we're getting orange hoodies and t-shirts out to people. Make sure you go in there and order one yourself. All proceeds from this month's orange campaign Go to the Planned Parenthood Organization of Greater Texas because Texas is in a spot where they flat 
need it. So make sure you go get an orange hoodie or t-shirt today. Thank you all so much again for listening to the show. If you've gotten this far and you liked it, be sure you tell us by giving us a five-star rating, giving us a review. Let's do it on a couple different platforms. But whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.